Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off-limits. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Staying Home With Wit. The past few weeks have been such a whirlwind. They have been so emotional for me and so exciting, and I am so, so, so honored and grateful to be able to share my new collection, Love Wit, a collaboration with Rent the Runway with you guys. You can actually now rent it on renttherunway.com. The entire experience was so emotional for me. I am so happy to finally be designing again, but it also brought back a lot of old memories of designing my collection with my father and my family, but really it made me realize that I was really born to do this. And Rent the Runway has been just such a dream partner. Today, I have the honor of talking to Jennifer Hyman, the co-founder and CEO of Rent the Runway. I remember listening to her on how I built this a couple of years ago with Timmy and being like, I have to like become like this person. I just thought she was so inspiring and smart. She sets the strategic priorities and leads the company in growing all areas of the business, including marketing, technology, merchandising, supply chain, and data science. She has been honored with recognitions like the Time 100 Most Influential People in the World, People Magazine's Women Changing the World, Forbes' 12 Most Disruptive Names in Business, Fortune's Most Powerful Female Entrepreneurs, just to name a few. All right, let's do this. I'm a little bit nervous, but excited. Here is Jennifer Hyman. I'm so, so, so excited to have you here. I have looked up to you for a really long time, not only because you are a female entrepreneur in fashion, but just because you are so mission focused. And I think it's so important in this day and age, not only to provide, you know, fashion resources for women, but also to be really thoughtful about how you do it. And I strive to be more like that in any product collaboration that I'm doing right now. I'm thinking about how can I make this more sustainable? How can I be giving back? How can I be thinking about more than just like the bottom line? So I'm very excited to be talking well, to you. That means the world to me. So thank you for saying that. But I would just love to know 
the founding story for Rent the Runway and how it all got started and where the idea came from. Yeah. So my sister and I were always shopaholics. We always just loved fashion and were the people that would spend our entire paycheck on whatever was new and trendy. And I had been at Harvard Business School at the time and she had, I'd come back to New York City for Thanksgiving and she had shown me this new Marquesa dress that she had purchased for like over $4,000, which was like four times what her rent cost at the time. And this put her, <laughs> this put her into credit card debt. And I was just shocked and basically like yelling at her as her older sister that she like how irresponsible that she yeah you know this was causing her to go into debt and she should wear something that was in her closet and her response was you know everything in my closet is dead to me I've been photographed in it the photos are up on Facebook I need to wear something new and I mean she's not wrong no she's totally not wrong and this was like early days of social media as well and it was really this light bulb moment because the light bulb was around the word dead. And yeah. when she described her closet, she was describing what she considered to be a historical artifact of the past. And I started thinking through what if the closet was alive? What would that mean? And if the closet were a living thing, it actually could adapt as our lives changed and our mood changed and our size changed. And I came up with this idea for a closet in the cloud at that time, which would provide women with unlimited choices and, in my opinion, unlimited possibilities, therefore, to feel their very best about themselves. Mm -hmm. So had this like really big vision of like, what if the closet was on rotation and we could wear whatever we want? I went back to Harvard Business School. I shared the idea with my good friend, Jenny, and her response was, you know, this sounds really fun. Let's get to work. And we immediately, like that day, sent a cold email to Diane von Furstenberg. And Amazing. Yes. And we just like tried every iteration of her email address that we could possibly think, think of. <laughs> One of those emails worked. And I think this is really where luck comes into the equation that Someone in her office actually read our email and responded and invited us to come and meet with her. And we took off, you know, a few days later, drove back down to New York, put on our DVF dresses and walked into her her office and introduced ourselves as the co-founders of Rent the Runway. That's so crazy. (laughs) Do you know that my career pretty much started with DVF as well? She's a life force. And she is having gotten to know her now over the past decade, you know, whereas the story sounds, you know, fortuitous, like she has done this with so many women where she's ignited their careers and made them feel confident in themselves. And I've tried to pay that forward, you know, in my career to just try to give people that extra spark of confidence and energy that they're going to need to like go out and pursue their dreams. It's so true. I mean, I have this moment with her that I will remember forever. 
uh, where she sat down with me. We were at some event at her store, which is also where she lives. We were at some event. She sat down with me and she could tell I was going through something. And she gave me this advice that was like, your relationship with yourself is the most important thing. So figure that out first. Find your inner confidence. Find what sparks you. Find what you're passionate about. And everything else will just come together. And I have really, I've listened to that and I've continued to try to work on my relationship with myself the most. That's so crazy. That's so funny. Back to like my co-founder's first comment of this. Yeah. Fun. I mean, that first meeting with Dan von Furstenberg, though initially like a little bit terrifying, was so fun. There were so many like hilarious things that happened and I just think that the great sign that you're working on the right thing in your life is that it's fun. Totally. That you're happy doing it and it feels like it's not a job. Yeah. I mean, that is really how I felt walking into my meetings with your team for the first time and designing this collection. Like I sat down there and I was like, oh my God, this is what I meant to be doing. Like, this is so much fun. I could sit here for hours and play with fabrics and play with shapes. And like, it's just really cool when you hit that moment and it really helps you to like have the passion to grow it further. Because if it's not fun for you, it's really, it really shouldn't be worth your time, it's going to come out in the end product. You know, like you can tell when people are really enjoying and having fun with their careers. Also like work is hard. Life is hard. Yeah. If it yeah. Start out being fun. You're not going to be able to be resilient through the times that are going to be difficult. So start from a place of passion when it comes to your job or when it comes to even like a friendship or a relationship, like that's the way that you make it through all of the ups and downs. A hundred percent. That's really valuable. And now word from our sponsor. As we all adjust to wearing masks as the new normal, parents are conflicted by a unique problem, finding a mask that our kids will actually wear. That's why I'm so happy I found the Crayola School Mask Pack. Sunny originally like wasn't super into it. It took us wearing it a lot and even wearing it around the house for him to get used to it. But when I showed him the Crayola school mask packs, he was so excited because he loves colors. I mean, at three years old, like colors is one of the things that they know. So he feels empowered when he can see them and know what color they are. And he's proud to say like, I'm wearing a red mask. It's really, really, really cute. These school masks work better than mostly anything else I've actually tried because he will wear them. They're breathable and they're really, really cute. They like actually go with his outfits. Each school mask pack comes with five comfortable cloth masks. So your child has a fresh mask with a new fun design every single school day. I know that's something that some parents are stressed out about, or at least I was. I was like, oh my God, am I going to have to wash these masks every single day? But you don't. All of their masks are built with a 3D design, a form-fitting nose wire, and adjustable ear straps. The adjustable ear straps are really the feature that sets Crayola masks apart because it is so important. Everybody has a different face. Like You want your kid to be comfortable, and I think having the mask be comfortable is the most important thing for them to actually wear the mask for as long as possible. They are completely machine washable and they come with a handy mesh laundry bag so you can stay organized and a calendar actually to track daily usage. 
As an added bonus, Crayola School Mask Pack will actually donate a portion of your purchase to No Kid Hungry. It's a charity that supports kids who have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. When it comes to making the best mask for you and your family, the Crayola Mask Pack has perfected every detail. I'm recommending it to all my parent friends, my personal parent friends, you guys, the Crayola mask pack is my family solution for this time right now. So if you guys are in need for masks for your kids, you should check out schoolmaskpack.com slash with wit. That's schoolmaskpack.com slash with wit. Let me just spell that out for you. School mask pack, S-C-H- O-O-L-M-A-S-K-P-A-C-K.com slash with wit to get your masks today. And now back to our chat. So you met with Diane von Furstenberg and then what was next after that? Diane initially didn't love the idea. Okay. Of course, it was like pretty radical at the time. Like we were saying that we wanted to rent out for clothes and you know, this was 2008. This was prior to Instagram. This was prior to the sharing economy existing. And so people were fearful. Designers were realistically fearful of cannibalization of their business. We took Diane's feedback, which was, you know, figure out how this is going to be something that benefits my business to heart. And we spent some time at iterating what our value proposition was so that it wasn't just a value proposition for customers to wear, you know, clothing at more affordable prices, but also a value proposition to introduce designers to the next generation of their customers and the next generation of their fans. And we thought at the time that when someone put on an amazing designer piece and fell in love with that brand, they weren't going to go back to you know, how they had shopped before. So right. we went from that meeting, we ended up cold calling so many others coming out of that. You know, Diane introduced us to a few more designers. Like we met with them. We then used those meetings to meet with other designers. We met with heads of department stores. So every department store from Neiman Marcus to Saks to Gordon Taylor to Macy's at the time, we figured out what they thought about our idea Yeah, I was going to say, how would a department store factor into this? But I guess it makes sense just to see what the other competition is, right? Yeah, I think it's always great to go to the person who's most likely to hate your idea and find out what they think about it. Because first, it actually builds really interesting relationships and they know a ton about the industry. So I remember that one of the heads of Neiman Marcus said, you know what, this is you know, this is a great idea. You know, women have been renting the runway from my stores for decades. It's called buying a dress, keeping the tags on and returning. returning. (laughs) Nordstrom knows this probably all too well because their return policy, I remember growing up was always, I mean, I think it still is. It's like insane. But yeah. They're most generous in their customer service Mm -hmm. policies. He shared that and validated that, you know, women had already been engaging in this behavior, which is the very best sign that something is going to work. We got an idea from a guy named Brendan Hoffman, who's the CEO of Vince right now, but he formerly was the CEO of Lord & Taylor. He said fit is a big issue in fashion. So if you're going to rent out dresses for special occasions, make sure you send the dress in two sizes. And I often think to that piece of feedback, 
and how critical it was to the growth and the success of our business. Had we not launched with this feature of second size for free, I'm not sure how many women would have felt comfortable in 2009 renting a designer dress that they had never worn before. Or tried on, exactly. Every conversation led to a new insight that basically formulated what our business was going to be. So Jenny and I never actually started with a business plan. We never had one. We don't have one to this day. What we did is we had an idea and kind of let other people co-create the idea with us. Every meeting we went to, we picked up another, you know, another gem that we added. Another nugget. Yeah. I really believe that that ethos, that great ideas come from everywhere, has been the most important part of building Rent the Runway, both in the early days before we launched and after we've launched over the last decade, like letting your team kind of collaborate, create ideas, add to ideas. That's how you get to the best answer. Yeah, hundred percent. I think when you're starting a company, you have to really like, you can't have tunnel vision. I mean, you need to believe in yourself and you need to not compare yourself to what everybody else is doing, but you also need to be aware enough of what everyone is doing so that you are filling a gap that maybe they're not. You know, what's so interesting is that like, I think that the very best businesses come from ideas that already exist. So validation that Run the Runway already existed was the fact that we were returning dresses to department stores. But another validation that Run the Runway existed is how we were shopping, right? When you go into a fast fashion store, you know that that item is likely going to fall apart after you wear it two or three times, or it's going to be out of style a week from now. And you feel comfortable buying it because it's at a low price point. But what is that? When you buy something that you know you're only going to wear once or twice, it's a rental. You're renting. You know that that item is not going to be something you wear a year from now or even, you know, a month from now. And so I thought that we've actually been renting the runway from our own closets for generations. It's why 85% of the closet in the U.S. is worn three times or less. Rent the Runway offers a far more sustainable and far smarter solution that if you want to wear something for a shorter period of time, it makes sense to have a subscription. It makes sense to rent it. And when you buy something, you should be buying things intentionally that you want to own forever. And like those pieces potentially have different characteristics than the items that you only want to wear once or twice. Right, 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 right. Was sustainability on the forefront of your mind when you guys started the company or over time were you guys starting to realize the impact you were having and it became a huge movement for you? So we knew that sustainability was kind of the centerpiece of our business model from the very beginning. In fact, in our first investor presentation, we talked about sustainability and that it was going to become a more important consumer value. and how we were sustainable is the fact that we're enabling multiple women to utilize the same article of clothing. And that alone is incredibly sustainable because most clothes are worn three times or less. And we're actually utilizing the clothes more, you know, far more than three times. I mean, it's essentially recycling. It's recycling, it's reusing, it's all of the things we were taught when we were in elementary school. Now, I think what's changed is like we talked that sustainability would become important, but we had no idea how important sustainability would become. 
we certainly had no idea that now sustainability would be the driver in how people made their decisions and decided what brands they wanted to buy from. So, you know, sustainability not only informed how we utilized our clothing and kind of the business model, but also everything related to packaging. So we patented a reusable garment bag that we ship out all of our orders in many years ago. I'm forgetting even when it was. And the idea behind that was to ensure that we weren't, you know, continuously sending out like cardboard boxes order that someone was receiving. Yeah. I mean, those bags are incredible. A lot of women obviously are not leaving the house right now. Right. And so they're like, why do I need to get dressed? I'm just going to wear my sweats. And I feel like that was kind of the beginning of COVID and, and the beginning of, of staying home. And then now people are getting a little bit fed up with their sweats and they want to put themselves together. They want a little bit of joy in their lives. They feel like maybe getting ready in the morning empowers them to like be more confident for the rest of their day. Like, how are you dressing right now? And and are you renting and are you utilizing it? Yeah, so I think that I'm like really similar to the Rent the Runway customer base. I have to be honest that in March when COVID started and I realized that we would be sheltered at home for, you know, many weeks to come. And I was just depressed. Yeah. And I wore my kind of ever J pajamas every single day, even when I was on rent the runway conference calls. I mean, it was getting to a really tragic place where my own teammates and colleagues were like, what is going on? Yeah. Like CEO of the company is in pajamas for every single call. Um, I believe me, I felt the same way. I mean, it wasn't until I got my samples like a month ago that I decided to get out of it, but I feel you. It was hard you know, come the beginning of the spring where I felt like, you know, this is not a transition period. This is the period that we're living through for many months. And we have to adjust the way that we live and continue to find joy and happiness during this time. Mm -hmm. And fashion has always been something that's made me feel confident. And it's made me feel beautiful and it's made me feel like the best version of myself. And, you know, really starting in April, I revamped my unlimited subscription and started swapping my items. And, you know, I've been renting the runway ever since. And yes, I am really using those items mostly for Zoom calls or to see like my quarantine or just out with my family. But like, makes me feel great to like walk out of my bedroom in the morning and see my three-year-old daughter and be wearing a rent the runway dress and have her like, you know, look at me and be like, mommy, you look so beautiful. And just little things that give you that extra boost of confidence. I was up at three o'clock in the morning. My son was up at three. We took him into our bed. I feel like I maybe got an hour or two of sleep after that. I was in my sweats. I was feeling so disgusting and drab and tired and whatever. And then I, I showered and I put this dress on and I swear to God, like I just feel more alive. And I, I know that may sound cheesy, but it's really true. Like I look at myself in the mirror and I'm like, I feel just so much better about myself. And I always say, because I've been doing this press and interviews for rent the runway and I'm not like a vain person. I don't define 
who I am by how I look, but I do love fashion. Just like you were saying, it's something that is my passion. And when life is so like blech right now, it's one thing that we kind of do have control over, right? Like we have control over so little, but like Mm -hmm. how we feel about ourselves and the joy that we can bring into our lives, like we have control over that. And if fashion hits the spot, like by all means, we should be taking advantage. So what does like a typical day in your life look like? Like with a three-year-old and a one-year-old. I can't believe you have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, by the way. I have a three-year-old and I I actually, I miscarried a year ago. So I would have had a newborn like literally right at the beginning of this. Like they were going to be due in March. But it must just be craziness around your house. And you're a CEO of a huge company like one, what does your day look like? And I'm sure it can look different. It looks different every single day. And also like, what are just some of the things that you do for yourself to maintain some sanity? So my day usually starts at about four in the morning when my daughter Aurora comes into our bed. Oh my God. (laughs) And you know, that's only started happening recently, but like, I kind of love it. I know that this is just a phase and she's just like an angel and I love like with her and it's amazing. So then I wake up for a little bit, then I go back to sleep. I wake up at about seven 38. I'm not an early riser at all. I get my, I get my iced coffee. I'm currently doing intermittent fasting. So I don't actually eat in the morning until about, and then I really start my calls for work at about 8.30 or 9. What I've been doing during COVID is that I'll take a block of time every single day and do some of my calls when I'm on a walk around the neighborhood. And then other things that I'll do throughout the day is I'll block time now to either have lunch with my family or to have like some times where I just like come out and play with my kids Um, yesterday, my daughter had a swim lesson in the middle of the day and I was able to like be involved and be there for that. So, you know, it's special that there are now these like moments that punctuate every day that wouldn't have been there in the past where it's really about family time. I stop working every single day by six o'clock because Mm -hmm. from six o'clock to at least eight or eight 30 is really family time of now having like a family dinner every single night, which I never used to have prior to this. And it's actually the most beautiful part of every day. So I'm never going to stop doing that in the future. And after, you know, dinner, there's a lot of like playing. We have an extensive bedtime ritual that involves like 10 different songs that my daughter can choose every night and like all other forms of procrastination. Oh my gosh. We're dealing with that on a whole other level right now. Like we put him to sleep at seven 30 last night. He didn't actually go down until nine 30 because there were calling for us. Now I have to go pee. I need this toy in my crib or like, can you please just hold me in the chair for a second? The procrastination at three years old is a real thing. I think that like my daughter is like the best negotiator I've ever met. I'm like, oh yeah, bring her onto the team and have her negotiate like our real estate leases. Like she's amazing. I know. I mean, it's just because you can't say no to like a cute little three-year-old. Like when Sonny called for us at three in the morning and he says, I want to come in your bed, mama and dada. It's like, 
of course. Like, how are you, how do you say no to that? But I, I think that's really powerful. I remember growing up having dinner with my family every single night. My dad was home from work at six o'clock. I'm one of five kids. My mom made dinner for all of us every night. We sat down together. We were all so picky. She would make different things for everyone, which I do not suggest. But it was the moments that I remember just so vividly, like the reconnection and the bonding time to have with them was so, so important. So I think that is something right now like a big tip for women to really have that point of the day. And even for men too, to really have that point of the day where they're like, okay, work is done. It's time to switch off because it's hard when you, if you don't have that moment, then you're just constantly being pulled in different directions. It really is important to kind of like set up some sense of routine and boundaries so that you can give your family your full attention. Let's talk about, you had a recent commitment to the Aurora James 15% pledge and a million dollars that you're investing back into black designers and employees and just basically making sure that it's being represented across the entire company. So can you just talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah. So we were really proud to be the first fashion retailer to sign on to Aurora James's 15% pledge. And what her pledge is about is about the fact that, you know, black, people comprise close to 14% of the population and they should have equal representation when it comes to leadership and how we spend our money and how we represent our brands. So the first thing that we did at Rent the Runway was really to account for where we are today and to be transparent about our metrics. So we did like a full company auditing of our metrics in terms of the diversity of our team Um, Also, just the diversity that we show in the images related to our brand. I mean, fashion is so much about, you know, models and images and ambassadors and who are you using in front of and behind the camera. So that accounting, we set goals for the future of where we want to be. And the most important metric for us is also the percentage of Black designers who are a part of the platform. So. Our percentage of Black designers right now is actually very low. It's around 3%. And mm-hmm. not to be um, something that we wanted to immediately change. So not only did we set goals around that, but we also said that we're committed to spending a million dollars you know, over the next year to support Black designers. And that million dollars could go towards helping them manufacture their own collections, similar to what we did with you. It mm-hmm. could also be through having them work with us via our Rent the Runway platform or Mm -hmm. traditional wholesale relationships. So we wanted to provide as many ways to work with Rent the Runway as possible. Um, And we're really excited about the commitments that we've made and the work that we're doing, both internally and externally. We're a company that values action more than we value words. Right. So we're at the very beginning stages of taking those, those actions. I think that we're going to continuously like report back to our community on where we're at. I think that's what's really important is that, yes, you want to make sure that you're doing everything you can right now, but it's really about accountability moving forward, right? Because we want to make sure that this movement isn't just something that is trendy, both personally and professionally, that this movement is something that we're thinking about on a daily basis and how we run our companies. And I really applaud you for for being one of the early adopters of the pledge because um, you're setting an example for so many other companies like you to do the same. I think I thought that it was particularly important 
given the business that we're in because yeah. we're, you know, generations fashion has really used the ideas and designs of black culture without really giving the people who created those designs or created that culture the equal opportunity to participate in kind of the economic reward. Right. So, so much of style comes from black culture. Right. And so it's amazing that that is so true. And that is everyone acknowledges that, but black designers are such a small part of, you know, the European and American and Asian fashion communities. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we need to, I guess, be transparent about how messed up this industry is. The fashion industry has such a huge responsibility because it's like where all trends derive from. Young and old look to the fashion industry to find out what's cool, to find out what's happening. It's such an important industry in terms of spreading awareness of things. It's a really important industry in terms of how people feel about themselves and in terms of representation. Yes. And I think that fashion and beauty are two industries that for better or for worse, so much of women's sense of self-worth like comes from a young age from the images they see coming out of these industries. 100%. Thank you so much for this. This was so wonderful. Yeah. It was so great to know you. Me I'm too. really excited for whenever we're allowed to travel and you can come to New York or I can come to LA and let's have a really fun dinner. Yes, 100%. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.